Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Here's your host, founder of America's largest business coaching company, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to today's episode, Detox Your Attitude. You know, we all know the benefits of a physical detox. Eliminate all the toxins from our body and help create a platform for physical well-being. Well, today I'm going to cover how to eliminate the five deadly toxins from our attitude. Complaining, criticizing, negativity, excuse making, and worry. So let's build an attitude that allows us to enjoy the good life right now. I have three major points for you, as I always do. I have the five deadly toxins, how to fast and reflect, and how to change your diet. So let's dive in. So first of all, we're going to cover these five deadly toxins. Now, remember, we all need a detox physically all the time. Why? Well, there's environmental toxins. There's toxins we get exposed to. There's things we eat that are fun to eat that might give us a little toxicity. There might be our particular system reacts to things a certain way, and it creates toxicity. So the fact of the matter is there's nothing wrong with you or me or anybody else because in our attitude, there's crept in some toxins. You do a detox on a regular basis physically because toxins come and you just need to eliminate them. People who don't eliminate toxins on a regular basis physically end up having serious health problems a lot of times. So we detox physically. We also need to detox our attitude. We also need to learn how to go about detoxing our attitude, and we can. A detox, by definition, is a process or period in which one abstains from or rids the body of toxic or unhealthy substances. So fasting has been around for thousands and thousands of years. In every faith tradition, fasting is a significant aspect. Not only does it create physical wellness, but it creates spiritual awareness. So that's why a fast is always terrific. I think one of my favorite holidays is Lent, you know, that you have 40 days before Easter Sunday. A lot of People start out the year with a fast. You know, they've had all the holiday seasons of Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, and then they have a fast kind of a week into the new year. It's a good thing to do, and it's a good thing to do throughout the year on a regular basis. The five deadly toxins that creep into our attitude, you know, when you're physically in need of a detox, sometimes it'll show up in your skin, it'll show up in your gut, it'll show up in your weight gain. How does the need for a detox show up in our attitude. Well, a lot of times it's because you see the reflection on other people's interactions with you. And so complaining, that is the expression of dissatisfaction. We don't know we're complaining as much as we are. We judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge others by their actions. The fact of the matter is we don't know when we're complaining. Sometimes we're making observations, but it sounds very complaining. The great John Wooden said, champions never complain. They're too busy getting better. And this is what I really want to do. One of the reasons we are taking the tack that we're taking in regards to this podcast is each one of these is almost like a little coaching session. We have interviews and, you know, other kinds of content we do, but a lot of these are little coaching sessions. You know, we're a coaching company. And the goal is we're trying to help people who want to be champions be champions. That's really it. This is not about catering to the lowest common denominator. This is not about providing entertainment to people with just nothing to do or not interested in changing their life or their business or their health or anything. You know, people are welcome to listen to, 
But that's not who I'm writing these episodes for. My goal is to try to help champions become champions. And John Wooden, who knew a lot about it, he was the the winningest uh, men's coach in, in NCAA basketball. I had the great privilege in 1997 to do a speaking tour with him. And I did a 10-city speaking tour with John Wooden for the then uh, company called Home Savings, who were our sponsor. And it was one of the most life-changing experiences of my life. A brilliant man. You know, I could finish with this. Champions never complain. They're too busy getting better. Marcus Aurelius, the famous Caesar himself, said, never be overheard complaining, not even to yourself. Complaining is ultimately a cancerous attitude, and we need to detox from complaining. Catch ourselves doing it. Hear ourselves doing it. Restrain from doing it. Everybody will be better off. And then restrain and refrain from doing it yourself to yourself, as the great Marcus Aurelius said. So complaining is the first one. Criticizing, that's to find fault. So complaining is the expression of just dissatisfaction. Criticizing is actually to find fault with something. Now, in my real strengths profile, I'm a refiner. So a refiner naturally looks at things that need to be improved and enjoys improving them, whether it's people, processes, buildings. I'm a house painter's son. I walk into a house, I see areas oftentimes, oh, that's a little rough or that needs to be sanded. So you see things that need to be improved. That's a gift. But when you communicate it to find fault, now you're criticizing. And that is an energy drainer. That sucks the energy right out of the room. Ben Franklin said, any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain. And most fools do. Mark Twain said, if you have no will to change it, you have no right to criticize it. And lastly, Aristotle, there's only one way to avoid criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. So if you're a person who, you know, you hate to be criticized, well, the way to avoid being criticized is just be nothing. Do nothing. Don't try to do it. People are going to criticize. The key is how do we take care of our own attitude? Now, what I find is that when my attitude is great, the attitude around me tends to improve. Sometimes the people around me don't change at all. It might be someone at the grocery store. It could be someone in your office. It could be someone in your family life. You'll notice they're doing better when you're doing better. So complaining, criticizing. The third one is being negative. And being negative is lacking positive or constructive feedback. You know, I've taught on the magic meeting, which I've built companies around for 35 years. What's going well? What needs improvement? What are your ideas? The people in the meetings that offer, here's what needs improvement, but don't have any ideas, I tend not to listen to them as well. And the reason being is, if they haven't thought about a creative solution to the problem, means they're more interested in complaining and criticizing than they are in fixing the problem. So if somebody just complains when I do the magic meeting, I go, okay, fair enough. But you might not be a future superstar. And it doesn't mean that what their observation isn't correct. It just means that they personally are not the kind of person to help fix it. Uh, So we have complaining, criticizing, being negative. Joyce Meyer says being negative only makes the journey more difficult. You may be given a cactus, but you don't have to sit on it. (laughs) I like it. John Gordon said being positive won't guarantee you'll succeed, but being negative will guarantee you won't. The fourth deadly toxin is making excuses. And this is to apologize for yourself. So complaining is the expression of dissatisfaction. Criticizing is to find fault with. Being negative is lacking positive or constructive feedback. Making excuses is to apologize for yourself. Ben Franklin said, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. 
Jim Rohn said, excuses are the nails used to build a house of failure. Excuses. We all have excuses. But the fact of the matter is, you can rotisserize the excuse. You can even convince yourself of the excuse. But all you get is the excuse. You don't get the success. You don't get the change. You don't get the transformation. You just get to hold on to that excuse. Then it can make you right, but it won't make you well. And then lastly is worrying, the fifth of the deadly toxins. And this is to afflict with mental distress or agitation. To afflict. That's a powerful word. With mental distress or agitation. Irma Bonbeck said, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. Walt Disney said, why worry? If you've done the best you can, worrying won't make it any better. It takes the same amount of energy to worry as it is to be successful. So when you worry, you drain your energy. When you feel the worry, it's okay to express it. You can write it down. You can journal it, whatever you need to do. And then you need to go do something because just rotisserizing the worry, worry turns into fear and fear turns into paralysis. So we need to do a detox. If you're sitting here and you're walking or you're in your car or wherever you're listening to this podcast and you go, okay, complaining, you got any of that? Criticizing, you got any of that? Being negative, got any of that? You making excuses? You're worrying? What would your loved ones say about those five? I know myself. I need to detox from these things all the time. I have bad habits of drifting into these things. And so let me show you what to do. And that's the second major point here is to fast and reflect. Fast and reflect. And if I talk about these five toxins, what do you need to fast from? Is it complaining? Is it criticizing? Is it being negative? Is it making excuses? Is it worrying? Is it all five? Doesn't matter. What do you need to fast from? Well, the benefits of fasting are this. First of all, we have the physical fasting. Now, one of the things that's very popular today is a thing called intermittent fasting, right? Which is people basically eating in smaller windows. So, for example, a lot of people now won't eat breakfast, and they might eat their first time a day is 12 o'clock, and then they'll finish at 6 or 7, and then they fast from their, whatever their last meal is, 7 all the way through the next day. And a lot of people will say it's helped them. Uh, I know there's a bunch of studies that says typical weight loss might be 7 to 10 pounds over a 10-week period of time. There's fasting like that. There's longer-term fasting, which is when people fast for a day or a weekend or one day a week type of thing. So there's physical fasting, and we know the benefits of that. The second thing is mental fasting. I personally have been practicing this, which is the nightly news. You know, I find myself when I'm doing our bold predictions presentation or the mid-year bold predictions, I really kind of immerse myself in all the data and all the research. And because of that, I tend to watch a lot of the CNBCs and Fox Business and Bloomberg's and all of them. And of course, nowadays, you can't just watch news on money and markets without getting all the politics and everything else involved. And I find myself getting wrapped up in these things. Why? Because these people are pretty talented communicators and they're presenting, you know, sometimes economic facts based around conditions in the economy and the market and dogmatism comes in and you end up getting kind of worked up on things. So I've actually started doing a mental fast uh, when I'm not doing those research programs of the nightly news. I just, I'm not watching the nightly news anymore. And, and here's, I'm going to say something you all know. The nightly news is not the nightly news anymore. It's the nightly presentation of the news. Depending on our own particular preferences and dogmatism, we watch whatever news station happens to fit our eye. And so I've just taken the fast from that stuff. It's improved my health and well-being. 
It's improved my mental state. By the way, it's improved the podcast. It's improved the seminars. It's improved my interaction with my family and my loved ones. It improves things because I'm not carrying around all that weight. I'm not carrying around all the things that are designed to grab my mental attitude, okay? How many of us know a family member or a friend who just consumes gobs and gobs and gobs of the same information, the same, whether they're conspiracy theories or their defense of whatever and whatever dogmatism they align with. And, and we all know in the world we live in today, that stuff is designed to find us. Like you watch that stuff on YouTube, now it's going to fill your YouTube. You watch that stuff on social media, that's all you're going to see. And you become more and more dogmatic and more and more out there. And now you hear all this stuff every year, which I think is very sad, preparation for Thanksgiving dinner because your family's getting together and all this dogmatism's coming together. So maybe it's time to do a bit of fasting around that. Mental fasting improves mood, quality of sleep, alertness, and sense of peacefulness. In a 12-week study, subjects reported a 23% increase in sleep quality due to intermittent fasting physically and fasting from news sources. So here's the thing. If you want the opposite of complaining and criticizing and being negative and making excuses and worrying, the news and the news sources are full of those five deadly toxins. So we're taking those stuff in. Oh, and I got to stay informed. You are informed. But like, okay, do you need a minute-by-minute understanding of the war of Ukraine? Do you really need minute-by-minute understand of COVID or this or that? You know, I, I don't know that we do. We got to live our lives. And so we got to decide what we're going to consume and what we're not going to consume and to what degree we can consume it without it affecting us. The second part there is after benefits of fasting is a phone and tech fast, a phone and tech fast. A study from IDC Research stated about 80% of smartphone users check their mobile devices within 15 minutes of waking up each morning. And it's a problem because it increases stress and anxiety. Our attention is hijacked and our brain is now primed for distraction for the rest of the day. And that's why, as simple as it is, and again, it was a big discipline for me, is to put my phone in a different room than when I sleep. And the reason being is I have six kids, we have seven horses, I have three grandkids, I've got a mom and dad that are old, living in a care facility. I'm waiting on stuff to happen. But I find myself living like a fireman. The problem is, when I wake up in the morning, I picked up the phone. It was none of those things. It wasn't my family. It wasn't my parents. It wasn't any of the things that are close to the heart, it was some news story and I'm off to the races. So a phone and tech fast is a very good thing to do. So here's the thing. We got to look at our phones. We, we're all using it for many things beyond just news stories. But I would say just how about this? Limit your screen time. One of the beautiful things on an iPhone is that every Sunday, it gives me an update on how my screen time was. And I play a little game with myself. And so this year, all but one week, I've had less screen time than the previous week. And of course, the week that was on, I was on a flight to Ireland and I was watching stuff on my phone. So you don't try and go necessarily cold turkey, but make it a game and try to limit it. Make it a game. Leave it in the other room. Make it a game. Delete a couple of apps that are leading you towards complaining and criticizing and being negative and making excuses and worrying, okay? So we just got to practice, you know, reasonable amount of time. Try to limit it. Play the game reduce it. It's like Perman said, if you learn something slowly, you forget it slowly. If you learn something very quickly, you forget it quickly. So take your time, see if you can play the game and beat it one week at a time. And then the last piece is to combat negative self-talk. Become aware of your self-talk. 
I would recommend like carrying a little book with you, little like a little black book type deal, a little notebook, and every 15 minutes, just write down some of the dominant thoughts that come to your mind. Now, we have thousands of thoughts that come to us. Some studies say 12,000 a day, and some say 60,000 a day. What are the thoughts that come to your mind? And then here's what you do with them. You look at them and you evaluate them. And you ask yourself the question, is this true? Is this true? And the question gets even elevated, is this 100% true? Now, I found this when I'm complaining or when I'm criticizing something or someone, and I ask myself, is this 100% true? And a lot of times I cannot put my hand on the Bible and say it's 100% true. It's my opinion. It's what I think. But is it 100% true? I don't know. So when I don't know, that backs it off. That backs it off an awful lot. You just got to back off from that place. So when you evaluate these thoughts, is it true? Is it 100% true? Can you replace the negativity with something? So you have a negative thought. Can you replace it with something? You know, one of the things we've talked about is going to the It's a Good Life website and getting your real strengths assessment. Now, the real strengths are great for communication. They're great for dialogue. But the number one communication that happens in your life every single day is with yourself. You're not expressing 12,000 thoughts to someone else today. I certainly hope you're not. You're in a relationship with yourself first. So when it comes to getting your real strengths assessment, what kind of communication are you saying to yourself? You know, how do you interpret that? Do you motivate or facilitate yourself? You know, those kinds of things. And so I highly recommend you do that. It's there on the website. Go knock yourself out. It's free. So you get to replace the negativity with a positive self-talk that's connected to your actual real strength. And then the last piece when you become aware of your self-talk is just catch yourself doing it. You know, Zig Ziglar used to say, you wouldn't let anyone else talk to you like that. You know, we say things, lazy, fat, stupid. I always do this. We just say terrible things to ourselves sometimes. And our unconscious mind takes it as truth. We have to be careful what we say to ourselves. Zig Ziglar used to say, positive thinking won't let you do just anything, but it will let you do everything better than negative thinking will. No doubt. And then lastly, uh, culture and drama. So we're trying to fast and reflect. The definition of self-talk by itself is in the culture. It says, any thought that diminishes your ability to make positive changes in your life or your confidence in yourself to do so. This can show up as limited thinking, perfectionism, feelings of depression, or relationship challenges. So there's cultural drama. There's drama in our lives. We can be dramatic. And we need to take a look at that stuff and examine it for what it is. You know, the self-talk is what diminishes our ability to make positive changes. We all want to make positive changes. I think in order to make a positive change, we have to be positive. So we covered the five toxins, and now we talked about fasting and reflecting. There's things we need to fast from, and then we need to reflect upon the self-talk. And then the third major point comes in, change your diet. So if you go through a big detox, you do green drinks or a water fast or whatever you do, the Daniel fast is a popular one. When you do a detox or you're taking supplements to detox your body, after you go through the detox, the key then is to have a healthy diet. Like you don't finish a a fast and then go and have a double cheeseburger, right? So if you've taken the time to kind of wean off some of the bad stuff and eliminate some of the negative, then you want to put in the positive, right? That old Bing Crosby song, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. So we've eliminated the negative. Now, how do we accentuate the positive? Well, I've been talking about this for 30 years. 
and it's intake, association, and affirmations. And if you've been to a live event, I've probably shared this at some point in time. But this is it. It's what's your emotional and mental attitudinal diet. So what's your intake? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? A young man I know, boy, he got into uh, listening to this couple of characters that are always spewing these conspiracy theories. And he would listen because he found them so ridiculous and so hilarious. And they were some wild outlandish things that they were saying. And he would always tell me this and he'd be laughing and laughing and laughing. And then six to nine months later, he'd go, well, you know. And the next thing you know, he's pitching me a conspiracy theory. And hang on a second here. This used to be a joke. It's not a joke now. So what are you reading? I can tell you what you're reading as a direct reflection on who you are, what you're worth, and what the market says you're worth. I know this. What I've read is the number one reason why I became economically successful. What are you watching? You know, lately I've been watching stuff for inspirational purposes. Uh, even the old movies. I watch Seabiscuit and Cinderella Man and Rudy. These underdog stories where somebody came back and did great. I'll watch Netflix documentaries where I kind of get to see behind the scenes how people think, how people act. Uh, one I really like. It's full of drama. and It's called Drive to Survive. I'm really into Formula One. My daughter Anna got me into it. I love seeing how they manage the teams. I've learned a lot from it. So it's what are you reading? What are you watching? And then ultimately, what are you listening to? Well, I'm very glad you're listening to this podcast and hopefully other programs like it. If you've got a hunger for more, go to itsagoodlife.com and, you know, go check out more and more of these past episodes. We've even got categories laid out for you, our favorite guests or business growth or personal growth or whatever. Also, go to events. If you're a podcast listener to It's a Good Life and you've never been to a Buffini and Company event, you're missing out. We put on the best events in the world, and they're fabulous. And we've been doing this for 25 years. We'd love to have you. I love to have the new people coming in, especially people who've learned to interact with me through the podcast. Boy, I'd love to meet you at, a, at an event. That'd be great. So your intake, that's crucial. Next, let's talk about associations. My mother used to say, Show me your friends, I'll tell you who you are. Now, I hated when my mom said that because in my heart, I always knew it was true. I wanted to hang out with certain people at certain times in my life, but it didn't mean it was always good for me. Who are your associations? Will Rogers said, a man only learns by two things, one reading and the other is association with smarter people. A first Corinthians says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Who are you hanging out with? Show me your friends, I'll tell you who you are. We need to be hanging out with people who elevate us. We need to be hanging out with people who help us to become more. That's where you want to be. And then lastly, the affirmations. What are the things we actually say to ourselves? Martin Lloyd-Jones said, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? So instead of being defensive and having these thoughts, we all have these thoughts that bombard us. We all do. Oh no, I'm going to take charge of those thoughts and I'm going to actually say something to myself the opposite. I'm going to say the positive thing. We all have it. Everybody. We all have the little voice inside our head that says this, that says this and puts us down and tears us up or comes out with a fear, says something terrible. And it's like, you know, sometimes I just say, get out of my head. And now here's the positive. Okay. Author Mary Forleo says, what we say to ourselves in the privacy of our own minds matter. It drives our behavior, which drives our destiny, which shapes our world. The great Lou Tice said, if you don't control your self-talk, your self-talk controls you. 
And as I mentioned, Shad Helmstead, a great friend, I actually did a podcast with him. And it was in our very first season. It was called The Brian Buffini Show. You can find it right here. Um, and it was season one, episode 40, entitled Getting Caught Talking to Yourself. And Shad is the master of self-talk. So if you're interested in developing your self-talk, uh, that's an episode you absolutely want to listen to. It's super helpful. It's helped me in my life. We've covered the five deadly toxins. We've talked about how to fast and reflect. And we've talked about how to change your diet. Guess what? Your attitude reflects your altitude. How far you go in life is clearly a reflection of your attitude. How people interact with you, how people see you, the energy you give off, who you become, the person you're designed to be. It's hugely important to cultivate a great attitude. Detox the stuff you don't want. Put in the stuff you do want. It'll change your life and it'll help you live the good life. And I've been living the good life for a long time. And one of the people who've been helping me do that and on occasion helping detox my own attitude is our very own David Lally, who has a few great thoughts for you today. So I hope you enjoyed today. We'll see you next time. Here's David. Love it, Brian. Fantastic content today, as always. It can happen to all of us getting caught up in the five deadly toxins of complaining, criticizing, negativity, excuses, and worrying. It impacts our life and our business. And of course, it's great to have someone in your corner to counteract that. I've shared it before. I'll continue to do so because we have such an amazing free offer for our listeners. Head over to itsagoodlife.com and book your very own free business consultation today. We'll see you next time. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.